previously on Reading in Church and Other Distractions. Ready to do Psalm 119? I'm just going to reflect on Leviticus. We sit here quietly. <laughs> take, take a moment. We can <laughs> some yeah. directed meditation, I guess. <laughs> Center ourselves. They can probably it. pause the podcast okay, if yeah. they want to do you that. Know what? Let's do that. Let's go your route. That, that has a lot to commend it. <laughs> okay. Oh, so should we move on to... I just uh, have to say real quick that when... You, I put my video, my lectures on YouTube, of course, when I flipped my classroom uh-huh. and I was studying how to do this in the early days and how you make a good video. And there was actually uh, a video of the, the bad example of what you shouldn't do <laughs> in a video. Somebody, video. somebody in their video shows the, the question and then says, and I'm going to give you a few minutes to think on I'm that gonna... and walks out of frame and just lets the thing record while you're staring at the screen. <laughs> You know, they could probably pause it if they need more time. It would be worse if he stayed in screen. That's true. If he just stands there awkwardly <laughs> staring at you. No, he stepped off of screen, thankfully. But yeah, Checked so, his email. So I'm just saying we probably don't need to probably don't need to go that route. We can let them pause the podcast if no. they need to. So, yeah. yeah, you can pause that. We're going to go on at this point. <laughs> Catch up with us in a minute. To an OCD celebration of Torah. Yeah. <laughs> Part two or three. Yeah. We're yeah. out of here. We're in there. Psalm, or otherwise known as Psalm 119. Welcome to Reading in Church and Other Distractions with Rob and Mike. Please note the following fun fact. The following fascinating and inspirational podcast on Transfiguration Sunday is actually on, get this, next year's texts. Same themes, wrong texts. What a rookie mistake. This will make a great story someday. (laughs) Well, welcome back to the podcast. It is Transfiguration Sunday, and I am Robert Wallace. And I am Michael McKeever. And have you been in an auto accident? We are... uh... Personal been... injury. <laughs> is that what it is? Are, are you injured? Do you want to be injured? Do you know anyone is injured? Do you know who wants to be no, injured? I think I've been seeing a lot of those commercials. Oh, really? Is I'm that so what it sounded so. like when Have we did this? Have oh, Well, thanks. So much for our professional-sounding yeah. podcast. Yeah. We went off the rails pretty early, just right after the introduction today, it seems. I, I got a few syllables out and left the track. <laughs> So uh, just a reminder before we get into our text today, make sure and like our page on Facebook, uh, Reading in Church. And uh, if you listen to us on iTunes, make sure and uh, leave a review uh, of the podcast if you enjoy it. We do have a a, a Gmail address, readinginchurch Mm. at gmail.com. Give us us a shout out. Ask us a question and uh, connect with us. We We'll find out if people are out there or not. We did have a Twitter question this week. Did that, we? Yeah, that oh. was uh, people wondering if we could read a different translation oh, every now and then. I saw that. And yeah. I failed to print out a different translation. <laughs> so we just went with the same we translation. Do. Why? Week. Did they want us to read those out loud? I know. Because <laughs> we do in our own time. That's true. That's true in other places. But um, yeah, so that was just one suggestion that, that we've completely ignored at this point. Air. So, And they had a specific version? Was it the... Uh, no, I don't know that. Oh, oh yeah. Maybe they didn't mention uh, the Contemporary English Bible. Yeah. Common English or Contemporary? Common, common English, common English. Yeah. I, I actually enjoy the contemporary English version. But I have a New Testament version of that. I don't have a full Bible of that either. Yeah. Is there a full Bible of that? I think I, that's the free one they gave. To that's the free one they gave to us to yeah. try and make us buy a Bible. Right. I didn't do that. Right. I didn't 
marketing didn't work on me on that one. So, <laughs> and I'm New Testament. So. so, this is Transfiguration Sunday, which is exciting for me because I still am not sure about the Transfiguration. So, I'm hoping oh. that you can, oh. you know, Yikes. make it all clear for me about what yes. what's the point well, when we get to the Transfiguration. Okay. So, mm, yeah. So, I'm looking forward to that to getting all my questions <laughs> that answered. One thing today. I didn't uh, glance at this week. <laughs> we'll make something up. Right? I will. You know, I'm not. We too are late. professional mansplainers. That's true. <laughs> By trade. Oh, well, I wouldn't have yeah. gone that way. But I, I've said this with a PhD, I could do 15 minutes on nothing. Yeah. You know, so yeah, well, yeah, it's, it's not often a it's, uh, well, I, I have no idea about the question. But having said that, let me give you 20 minutes. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. earn my keep here. <laughs> so, so you want to, do we want to start with the. Oh, uh, yeah. I got to read. You, yeah, with mm, Old Testament. Transfiguration Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yes, the transfiguration of Elijah here. <laughs> He's being trans- he's, I believe this technically is the assumption of ah, Elijah. Okay. He's being well, assumed into heaven. Yes, let's not assume too much here. All right, so <laughs> I'm reading 2 Kings 2, 1 through 12. Yep. Now, when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven by a whirlwind, well, spoiler alert, <laughs> <laughs> we see as, how this is going to go. <laughs> as they boarded the doomed ship Titanic. <laughs> Uh, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here, for the Lord has sent me as far as Bethel. But Elisha said, As the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. The company of prophets who were in Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, I'm going to ask you questions about those companies of prophets. I'm I'm good. (laughs) Do you know that today the Lord will take your master away from you? As the narrator spoke. (laughs) And he said, yes, I know. Keep silent. Elijah said to him, Elisha, stay here, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. But he said, as the Lord lives and you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. The company of prophets who were at Jericho drew near to Elisha and said to him, do you know that today the Lord will take your master away from you? And he answered, yes, I know. Be silent. I'm not sure what the tone should be. You can help me with that. (laughs) I'm probably snarky. I don't know. A little frustrated. Yeah, I'm the yeah, I'm the main guy. Hush. Then Elijah said to him, "Stay here, for the Lord has sent me to the Jordan." But he said, "As the Lord lives, and as you yourself live, I will not leave you." So the two of them went on. Fifty men of the company of the prophets also went and stood at some distance from them, as they were both standing by the Jordan. Then Elijah took his mantle, rolled it up, and struck the water. The water was parted to the one side and to the other, mm-hmm. until the two of them crossed on dry ground. Mm-hmm. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me what I may do for you before I am taken from you. Elisha said, Please let me inherit a double share of your spirit. Mm-hmm. He responded, You have asked a hard thing. Yet, if you see me as I am being taken from you, it will be granted to you. If not, it will not. As they continued walking and talking, a chariot of fire and horses of fire separated the two of them, and Elijah ascended in a whirlwind into heaven. Elisha kept watching and crying out, Father, Father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. But when he could no longer see him, he grasped his own clothes and tore them in two pieces. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. That's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> that's a that's a pretty, uh, that's, a, that's a lot going on there. Yes. <laughs> I love this passage. I really do. It's a I mean, because you can just be reading along uh, Kings for a while, and right. it's, it's like it's not this much excitement in one paragraph. <laughs> That's a lot. Yeah. 
and this, you know, a couple of important points, you know, the, it's, it's the chariot of fire that separates them, Yeah. but it's the whirlwind that takes Elijah into heaven. So he doesn't get to ride wow. in the chariot of fire. Mm-hmm. Apparently wow. it was the, the draft from the chariot of fire as it went blowing past that sucked him up into, I guess. Oh, is that what that is? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. But the word whirlwind is the word for, it can be tornado. It mm-hmm. can be, you know, it can be a, a it, we always, in the movies, it's always the gentle rising ascent into heaven, but it could be a, a quick one. Yeah, so, no, this sounds pretty so, vigorous. Yeah. So a whirlwind. So is it? So is the whirlwind? Uh, is it fiery also, or is it just? Uh, I the, believe that the nature of the whirlwind is left is somewhat ambiguous. Yeah. So <laughs> scholars and churches disagree. And, and there have been a number of denominations that have split over the issue of yes. the whirlwind, but yes. uh, no, I don't. I don't know anything. That's probably not the focus of this passage, though. For us, is the nature of the whirlwind. Okay. Um, do you want to ask a question? You want me to start talking? Because you know, there's so much to talk about. It's probably not even time for my fake questions. So let's just jump right to the cut <laughs> okay. to the chase. Um, I, I'm fascinated by the fact that Elijah keeps telling Elisha to hold off, yeah, and and stay. Uh, and and what's also interesting is that you mentioned these company of prophets, mm-hmm. and the company of prophets are speaking something that is going to take place. They are correct. When they mm-hmm. speak it. And in the Old Testament, you know, the only way to tell a true prophet from a false prophet right. is if their word happens. And so we know that these are true prophets. Right. And we know it because the narrator told us at the beginning that Elijah is about to be taken yeah. up in a whirlwind. Right. So we know that these are good guys. These mm-hmm. are not the mm-hmm. fake Baal prophets. These right. are not. These are good prophets of the Lord that that are speaking true words here. There's a lot of them. And there's a lot of them. And, and Elijah's telling him, you can stay, you could get work here. You know, there's, there's obviously ah, jobs for prophets oh, that's here in saying. this area. I didn't know what he would that. I think that's what meant. it is. You know, yeah. you can come and stay and, and yeah. live here and do pretty well for yourself. Okay. But I got to go on to, and, and Elisha refuses, you know, mm-hmm. he's not going to stay with these company of unnamed prophets. He's going to keep walking. And, and he gets the several opportunities to get off the road, you know, and, right. and, and he just won't do it. He stayed committed to Elijah, stays committed to Elijah, stays committed to Elijah. And then even goes further. And, and not only is he not going to join this community of unnamed prophets, he asks for a, a double portion of Elijah's spirit. And and this is this is an inheritance reference. Yeah. yeah. So it's not he doesn't say he's not saying I want to be twice as good as you. Mm-hmm. He's saying that, you know, whenever the oldest son in, in the rules of, of inheriting, the, the oldest son gets two thirds of the estate. And all the other children split the remaining third. Right. And so the oldest son gets the double portion, right? He becomes the patriarch. And Elisha is asking Elijah, let me be your successor. Right. Let me be the one who stands up to kings. Let me be the one who mm-hmm. goes and risks my life. And okay. so not only is he not wanting to be an unnamed prophet, he's saying, I, I'm, I'm going to, I'm right behind you, man. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and follow okay. all the way to the end. So, Hence, you have asked a hard thing. Right, exactly. You have asked a – being a prophet is a hard thing. So I want to go and be fed by crows out in the wilderness <laughs> right. and doubt everything. Right. It's going to be – yeah, it's going to be hard. So so I, I've – so much about this text, but I'm fascinated, first of all, by Elisha's willingness to keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's been given several opportunities to get off the road and have an easier life, quite frankly. I mean, you can get work and and not have to stand up to kings and do terrible okay. things. Well, what do these other prophets do? Well, there there were a number of prophets around. There were court prophets, and and they probably might have had some municipal function. Oh, okay. um, it's hard to know. I mean, it's really hard to know what they exactly would these would have, have done. been under Elijah. 
Are these like the fruit of his ministry maybe, or something? Maybe. Hmm. They're, if not, they're at least true prophets. I mean, yeah. the one thing we can say about them is they're speaking a true word from God. So this is not speaking down Baal prophets like Elijah has done in the past and, oh, and you right. know, cut their heads okay. off. Yeah. This is this is a group of folks who are okay. speaking for Yahweh. So okay. you can hang out here. This is a good place. You yeah. could make a life here. It'd yeah. be easier for mm. you to stay okay. on this road okay. here. Mm-hmm. And I think on some level that would be okay. Huh. I mean, you know, we talk a lot about, you, you know, God's will for my life. And yeah. I think that there's a couple of ways a, a will can go sometimes, you know, I think mm-hmm. we have options in the choices we make that God yeah. works out with us. I think yeah. Elisha had an option here. Yeah. You know, you can go ahead and live here and maybe we won't remember your name and know anything about you, where you came from, but it'll be a whole lot easier than, than having to follow in my footsteps and speak up to Kings. And yeah. Right. Um, but well, Elijah, isn't that, uh, he says I'm in it all the way to the end. Well, I can't say his name. Cousin stuck is temptation of the Christ is a, to have a normal life. Right. You know? Right. To be tempted by, Right. Having a normal life. But see, I don't think I don't think it would be a sin for Elisha to stay, personally. No. Yeah. I mean, he's got he's had his mentor tell him to stay. Sure. He's had a company of prophets show that they were prophets of the Lord. Mm. I don't think Elisha I don't think Elisha's is being, you know, a mother. No, 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 that's fine. You go ahead and stay here. I'm yeah. I'm gonna go on to Gilgal. That's that's well, it okay. Reminds I'll me be a little fine. bit of Ruth. Uh Oh, that's the true. Persistence, you know. That's true. No, I'm yeah. not leaving. You. I'm not leaving you. I'm staying yeah. with you today. Yeah. 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 Would would it have been wrong for Ruth to go home? I, I don't think so. No. But we wouldn't probably but know her it's name. It's kind of <laughs> saying something commendable about their character. It is. It is. I think mm-hmm. that he's willing to to endure the hard call. Yeah. Of being a prophet. Plus, my name is almost exactly like that. Well, it's spelled a little different in Hebrew, but in English, it's hard. It's yeah. hard to say. <laughs> Elijah, Elisha. Yeah, it is a little harder in English. Yeah. But, but for me, this has always been sort of an encouraging story at seeing that, you know, there's a lot of ways your life can go. And they can, you can go the easier, quiet life, I suppose, but you're never going to see the waters part and the chariots burn and the winds blow. Right. Um, yeah. Um, or you can you can do the hard thing. Um, but it's going to be pretty miraculous if you do the hard thing. So, I mean, that's, I guess I've seen that calling in my life a time or two and, you know, where I felt like I could get off of a hard call and yeah. it would be okay and yes. it would be better and yeah. be ordinary, but it would be fine. And then instead I, oh, yeah. you know, tried to do a harder, a harder thing and it's been great. Because here I am now on this podcast at the pinnacle of my career. <laughs> in the Midwest. <laughs> Somewhere. Somewhere. <laughs> so. I take the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> this guy, Elijah, he has some flair, both in style, how he dresses. Right? <laughs> yes, the yes, big belt and well, the furry the coat. Belt, the belt is really the thing. And right? then the exit. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, like, man, that's true. he's got a certain panache and flair. Get, uh, okay. I wasn't going to tell the story, but I always tell the story when I teach it in class, when I teach this passage in class. Uh, years ago, I have a colleague of mine uh, who reports this as happening to her friend. So this is not a, and she's a, a reliable source. This is not anecdotal. This this is apparently a okay. legitimate story, um, actually happened. Um, but this New Testament colleague of mine had a dear friend in her church that she that, that had always wanted to go and see a, a passion play. Okay, um, this story. <laughs> and so, this is a good story. Thank you. And so she saved her money. She went to this passion play. I don't remember where it was. I don't know if it was Eureka Springs. I don't. It may have just been you know a local one. But wherever mm-hmm. she went, 
Uh, she said it was beautiful, right? They go through the whole thing, you know, the life of the last week of Jesus and, and Jesus is crucified and father into your hands, I commit thy spirit and my spirit and, and uh, the, the soldier stabs him. Um, and unfortunately the retractable spear didn't retract. Oh, and yeah. so oh. the guy literally stabs Jesus on the cross Yikes. who then screams because he's been stabbed. <laughs> so Jesus who just died um, has now screamed, ah, he stabbed me. He really stole my bleeding. Give me down. It was English. Um, and, and so they take Jesus off the cross. It's so real. And they <laughs> seek medical attention for him. And then they put Jesus's understudy on the cross to continue the, the okay. music. Um, so when I first heard the story, I said, wow, a Gnostic crucifixion. How exciting. You don't normally see those. But uh, so they go back through and she said, you know, we were just suspending our disbelief. We'd just gotten back into it. Jesus has been resurrected. He's met with the disciples. They've mm-hmm. had dinner, rode to Emmaus. And then he goes to ascend into heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, the weights for the crane were set for primary Jesus and not understudy Jesus. Okay. Yeah. And understudy Jesus was 30 pounds lighter than primary (laughs) Jesus. So when Jesus slowly was supposed to slowly ascend into heaven, the crane whipped him through the sky (laughs) as he goes screaming, (laughs) flying into the sky. So I always ask, how do you, how do you, if you're the angel say, as you have seen him go, you will one day see him return (laughs) screaming back to earth. Um, But uh, I always imagine Elijah now when he ascends into heaven, screaming into heaven. And as he goes <laughs> with yeah. with that flair that you're talking about. <laughs> that guy really, he knew how to do an entrance and an exit. Boy, that guy could leave. Boy, yeah. that was amazing. So. Well, this reminds me of certainly the ascension of Jesus. Right. You know. Sure. And that as you see him, yeah, as you mentioned, as you see him go, he shall return. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's hard for me to to almost primarily read this through the gospel stories. There's so many echoes. Of I mean, course. Of, of the, well, and and. You know that this because Elijah doesn't die, right. that that develops that tradition that he has to precede the coming of the Messiah that right. he returns. We see that at Malachi, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's fulfilled in John the Baptist for most yeah. Christians, and, right? And uh, and so you have that echo as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going to read that, yeah. or something like that. Yeah, we. So yeah. yeah, so an inheritance, mm-hmm. the double portion, mm-hmm. which explains why he cries out, "Father, Father!" Right, sort of. Right, thing, I, think. I think so. Verse twelve. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that he's he sees him as, you know, I'm your spiritual child. Let me be the one who, who goes. And and the fact that he sees the chariots and horsemen tell us that that he has honored that because you know how mm-hmm. else are you going to know that he sees it right in this telling of the story? He okay. doesn't have anybody to talk to. Right. So. And what kind of transition is this in the larger narrative of King? Something big transition going on. It's mm, a handoff. Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you get a. A story, in fact, the Elijah story in chapter one is a lot more like an Elisha story. It, it, it seems like an Elisha story. There's a little more violence than you, mm-hmm. I would say, than you normally get in an Elijah story. But Elijah killed all those Baal prophets, so I guess I can't say okay. that. But, uh, <laughs> but it was, you know, not it. It, it is a handoff um, so from Elijah authorization, to Elisha. sort of. Yeah, thing. yeah, it's a commission, if you will, and you know, carry on for me. And, okay, yeah. Elisha does die. He actually has, you know, is buried and very conventional. Mm-hmm. Well, but is so full of God's yes. spirit that when the dead person hits him, he can come back to life. Or, so there's, right. there's that. The dead person, not I, Elisha, but the, the, the yeah. Dead Elisha was dead and right. bones. And yes. when the and right. when the men who were trying to hide their friend's body, when his dead body hit Elisha's bones, he came back to life. And that's living. 
Well, I think we ought to start testing how spirit-filled people are by throwing corpses at them, maybe, <laughs> well, or, or yeah. at least maybe just animals. Not, well, in certain know. traditions, it's like, well, he's a saint because he won't decompose, right? You know, yeah, this right. This is in right. Brothers Karamazov. It's like, wait a minute, he's decomposing. <laughs> I thought he was a saint. <laughs> well, Elijah, Elisha is a little more conventional. Elijah yeah. made an exit, but yeah. Elisha is a little more conventional. Yeah. So. yeah, this is incredible. It's a great story. Yeah. Lots of style, lots of drama. And does he... Then pick up his mantle after this. He I does. Seem to remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does, yeah, which is good because he just ripped his own. Clothes. He, he ripped his own clothes. <laughs> well, he was sad to see him go. That's yes. an act of mourning. Yes. So, okay. sad to see him go. Great story. Right. Transfiguration. I have no idea. This is going to relate to the rest of the text. But we'll see. <laughs> Keep going. Let's trust this uh, this collection of texts. Shall we look at Psalm 50? Absolutely. One through six. And I haven't even read further, but you can tell us whether we should or not. I, well, well, of course. I'll read the text. Psalm 50, one through six. The mighty one, God the Lord, speaks and summons the earth from the rising of the sun to its setting. Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God shines forth. Our God comes and does not keep silence. Before him is a devouring fire and a mighty tempest all around him. He calls to the heavens above and to the earth that he may judge his people. Gather to me faithful ones who made a covenant with me by sacrifice. The heavens declare his righteousness for God himself is judge. Mm -hmm. Selah. Selah. We don't know what Selah means. Sorry, yeah. Yeah. There are people who will tell you they know what that means, but I don't believe them. Uh, (laughs) How could they? There are a couple of verbs it could come from. One means to lift up, one means to bow down. Uh, (laughs) Turn cassette over at this point. (laughs) Some think it means, you know, read a, you know, it's a moment for a recitative. Some say it's a moment maybe where other passage was read. Some say it's get louder. Some say it's bow down. Some say it's raise Mm. your hands. Mm. So when we get to heaven, if we can work that out. Consensus. Yeah. Building. It's going to be an awkward moment in heaven when God says, say, Selah, half of us bow and another half gets up. So, you know, we need to work that out in Revelation or something before we start singing. If we could, that'd be good. But, yeah, that yeah, would be, I, I always tell the students, helpful. I know two things about that. I don't know what it means and nobody else does either. <laughs> yeah, Those are your good, two too. things. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get this right because there's this stuff about a devouring fire. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let's see if we're on the same page. So, what do you want? You want to well, say? You want me to say? Uh, well, it's very sounds very much uh, uh, cultic worship sort of it is. imagery here, mm-hmm. and in fact, more um, theophony. The, it's a theophany. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean the yeah. This very very uh, uh, Sinai language here. Okay, right. Yeah, where Sinai. devouring yeah. fire mm-hmm. and mighty tempest all around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Psalm fifty is part of the the Elohistic Psalter. Um, so, from Psalm forty two to eighty four. Those psalms use primarily the name Elohim rather than the name Yahweh. So okay. you will see more God than you will see the Lord okay. uh, in those yeah. in those uh, mm-hmm. psalms. Mm-hmm. All sorts of speculation. And as so to verse why. one is that God the Lord is it, that that is actually an occurrence of Yahweh. Yeah, okay. I checked on that one. Okay. But the rest of them, it's God. God shines. God comes. God, mm. you know, it's a lot more. Mm. Whereas you would find Yahweh in okay. some in other psalms. This one is primarily Elohim. Um, people have wondered why. I mean, I've always, the, the convention is usually that maybe this is an, a Northern hymn book that after the destruction of the Northern kingdom okay. got joined to the Southern hymn book, huh. maybe they preferred Elohim in the North and oh. Yahweh in the South or who knows. But, um, but it does seem to represent another connection 
uh, no, excuse me, another collection uh, in the Psalms, okay. 42. Um, but God, first of all, summons the earth, meaning the whole world at the beginning. Right. And then he summons the heavens and the earth in verse 4. And then he summons his faithful ones oh, or his chesedim. So, um, and he summons at the beginning, he summons the world from the rising to the setting of the sun. And that's, of course, speculation. Does that mean east to west? Um, which would be a logical thought. Uh, is it a geographical reference? But most of the people that I like to read seem to think that it's a reference of time. But oh, it's an okay. all-day okay. kind of uh, right. reference, not a not a location reference. Um, so that that's but encompassing in some way, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah that the, it, it is encompassing in a different way, right? Mm-hmm. Um, again, we've got God calling the nature to witness, right? He's got He calls to the heavens and the earth that He may judge His people. So He needs the heaven and the earth to show up so He can judge His people in front okay. of the jury okay. that is the heavens and the earth. Because yeah. again, when you're a monotheist, right. yeah. you can't call the other gods to witness. That yeah. that, by the way, very similar to Deuteronomy, end of Deuteronomy. Yeah, and uh, and we saw in Micah six just right. a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. or was that last week? Or a few weeks ago. I don't recall. I don't remember. It was a while. Time has passed. Micah. Time has passed. Um, so that's all interesting here. Um, gather to me my faithful ones, the Hebrew word chesed, the, the uh, set apart, the pious ones, the ones who are part of the covenant, okay. the ones I've loved, um, who are faithful. Um, who, who, and it says who made a covenant. And this is one of those times when the translation literally is cut. Okay. Uh, who are cutting a covenant? Mm-hmm. Um, that when when you make a covenant in the Old Testament, usually the term is to cut a covenant. Uh, that's the way they say that. Um, probably a reference to what's done while you're making the covenant. Um, and you're cutting an animal. You are cutting an animal yeah. exactly in half, right? right. The, the the Genesis uh, Genesis 15 passage is a good example of where Abraham cuts the animals and gets a list of animals from God. He cuts them in half, and then do any of these have spatchcock? <laughs> who've made a covenant by spatchcock? You know, I, I around Thanksgiving. Which I mean, is that's an efficient good, way to cut. To, it to, is. To, it is. He is mocking me. I do enjoy cooking, you see, and I, I will occasionally spatchcock a turkey when on Thanksgiving. Which means what? To remove the backbone and press it flat. Yes. Yes. Okay. And so it cooks more evenly. I do the same. And a little faster when you do that. So yes. this podcast is full of all sorts of tips, <laughs> not tips. just cooking tips. <laughs> this would be the portion of the morning show where we go and fix it. You know, we meal. should do that. We should bring bring a cook in and make a meal together. There's a nice snack mix you can nothing, make in no time flat. Nothing like these cooking podcasts <laughs> to really grab the audience. But uh, anywho, um, <laughs> take the heifer and cut it in half, <laughs> and okay? then walk between. We've it. got some that have already been cut in half here <laughs> for time, for the sake of time. Oh. But um, wow, I, I do think it's it's not. I think it's important. I, th- I think in English, this can look legalistic, right? Gather to me my faith ones who ma- who made a covenant with me by sacrifice when it's not. I mean, the reflection is... People get pretty, pretty... Uh, uh, they have strong feelings about barbecue, so I can understand <laughs> legalistic. That, that sense that these are the people who have entered into a covenant with me, who are living out this covenant with me. And, and actually, this entire psalm, it's a much longer psalm, deals with what appropriate sacrifice is i mean at the the big finish okay is the rest when, of the song. yeah when the big finish is when uh, god says you know if your if your sacrifice comes from thanksgiving then i'll accept it 
so that it's okay. an active. If you, the act of sacrifice oh, isn't, yeah, yeah. isn't impressive. I'm, is there some criticism of, of uh, the pretense of sacrifice in the rest right. of the song? Yes, okay, yes, yeah. yes. Because I was. Seems like I I've read this recently, but I didn't read it this week. Yeah, sort of a condemnation of hypocrisy uh-huh. in this song as well, because uh, you know the wicked ones seem to be people who are doing the things God asked. Um, not the people outside of Israel, but the people who would call themselves Israel, but are are presuming upon okay. the offering. So, uh-huh. um, yeah, that's always scary when the wicked are people who identify as the faithful to yeah. themselves. Um, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But in fact, you know, so. my faithful ones who made a covenant with me mm-hmm. by sacrifice, mm-hmm. to who cut one, uh, cut a covenant with me by sacrifice. Yeah. yeah. And pass between, and the idea, particularly in Genesis, is what is behind that? That that if you do not live up to your obligations in the covenant, that what happens to the animals will happen to you. Like a gang initiation, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yes, I, I don't know how many times I've heard that used as an illustration. In fact, the yeah. gangs of Israel, the gang, the twelve gangs of Sons Israel, sons of anarchy. <laughs> <laughs> but that you have it's interesting because in Genesis 15 you have God it seems is the one who passes between the animals so, so sort of telling Abraham mm-hmm. I'm the one who's going mm-hmm. to be fulfilling this and then of course in the very next chapter Abraham decides to help God along rather than to trust that God would be the yes, one who fills yes, it right, right, the whole yeah, Hagar right, story right. Um, but it's serious stuff oh absolutely yeah you're you're this is this, joining this is, a gang you're <laughs> making a commitment to yes to yahweh or elohim in this case uh who is some gangs when they get the gang tattoo they say if you leave the gang we'll come and get the tattoo <laughs> it's like wow it's kind of drives it home see not unlike this okay? I've, I've got like three jokes not that i should probably just keep it. to myself at this point it's just better mm-hmm. i can edit them out <laughs> No, you've said that before, and <laughs> then I've listened to the podcast and found out these and things were not edited out. There so. it is. And it becomes the title. <laughs> exactly. Of the podcast. Exactly. Oh, Why gosh. do I think gangs are going to show up? I have, I'm have. i absolutely confident the title will involve gang initiations. So, anyway. We never know the title going in. <laughs> this is true. We really don't. We are so committed to improv. <laughs> Fortunately, <laughs> it's something we can do. Yeah, let's call it that. Uh, so. Wow. Yeah, that's what's happening in those six verses. can't believe you went there in those six verses, but okay. It's a lot of stuff. Yeah, this is good. Now, it'd be interesting for you. Now, of this of the four texts, this is the one, hmm, I don't, I don't, it's harder for me to see the continuity, although I think there's some connection to the other text. Maybe you could point it out hmm. more as we go on, you know. God's don't, appearing, don't right? The theophany that. here. Yeah, I mean, theophany th- this is an unusual language. psalm because God speaks in it a lot. There's mm-hmm. a lot of speech. Mm-hmm. This is a prophetic psalm yeah. in the, and, and I'm using that term in in a in a Old Testament biblical way. It's prophetic, not in you know fortune telling, which is what most people think mm-hmm. prophetic right. means, but prophetic in in the, telling exactly. Then the, basically, my, my thumbnail definition is always a priest brings the people to God, a prophet brings God to the people. Okay, that's the difference in those jobs. Oh. And a, a a prophet bringing God to the people, it's usually it's God's word that we're bringing to the people, yeah. right? And and this is a text which has. God's word throughout it. Most of the Psalms are our words to God okay. that through the canonical process have become God's words to us. Yes, right. Yes, right. Um, and this is a case where specifically these are God's words to us that through the canonical process have also become God's words to us. Okay. So, right. so this is a very prophetic 
um, a prophetic psalm. We only have the one verse five with the direct speech, but but there's a lot of speech of God after this where he's condemning. What percentage the, of the Hebrew Bible is God speaking? Well, that's a good question. Never thought about I don't that? know. And what color are the texts when they write them? <laughs> Well, they should be red, Did right? I mean, if we're going to take seriously Trinity, it should be red, shouldn't it? That's interesting because at the beginning of Revelation, there's debate on what, what's the red letters and what isn't because they can't figure out. Oh, when God's speaking. An uncare- if you're not a careful reading of Revelation, you're thinking it's Jesus, but it's really God, you know, in those first chapters. Anyway, we're digressing, but. What, really? Yeah, yeah. Well, and see, that's a, why is this a problem? You know what I mean? Well, I mean, yeah. it's a well, you'll miss some of the interesting, like, oh, I see what they, he, you know, oh, I see what happened John there. is being clever with the it's speech a, it's there. It's interesting because the things that God says at the beginning of Revelation and the way God describes himself, as you go on in Revelation, that's used to describe Jesus. Okay. Okay. So, so if you, if the, everything is like, everything's red letter at the front, it's like, no, that's, there's no reason to believe that that's red letter. Just God is speaking and God is showing up and there's no context for it. But as you go on, hmm. a, a close reading, realize, oh, that is God. That was attributed to God earlier, and now I'm seeing yeah. that oh, oh, the one coming is God's coming to in, in, in cre- to His creation mm. in the arrival of the kingdom. That happens through Jesus. So anyway, that's that's uh, that's very much Balcom, right? Who that, highlights yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I was reading, I was right. reading the mm-hmm. book you recommended that, yes. that was still blowing my mind when yes. I think about that book, Richard uh, Balcom, Theology the, of Revelation. That's the go-to guy. That's remarkable. That was a remarkable book. <laughs> yeah. I just, I mean, the the amount that he highlighted in there of of Trinitarian understanding regarding that Jesus is in fact God right. all throughout Revelation. Yes. Is, is and it's the most Trinitarian book of the New Testament. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah I had no it's idea. It's a lot. It's, no a, it's, a, it's a gem. Well, it's a natural leap from Psalm 50 to Revelation. <laughs> yes. so. Beautiful segue there. <laughs> well, hey, you know, we've got, we got fire, def- devouring yes. fires and mighty tempests. That's right. There's some overlap. That's right. <laughs> so. Gotcha. A lot of theophany sort of stuff. Absolutely. You ready for Second Corinthians? Oh, no one's. It's like the Spanish Inquisition. No one's no one had, ready. Wow, expected. I didn't expect that reference. Okay, Second <laughs> Corinthians four three through six. And even if our gospel is veiled, it feels as though we've jumped into something here. <laughs> yes, we've, had, we've been going through consistently through First Corinthians, yes. and then we've jumped into Second Corinthians. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled <laughs> to those who are perishing. It would be nice to know the beginning of that argument. Yes. Um, in their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For we do not proclaim ourselves, we proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your slaves for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who said, let light shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Yeah. This is that guy who says uh, to the Corinthians earlier, uh, I, I can't talk I don't good. speak real well. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, I'm not Mr. Orator, person. you know. So. Oh, yeah, not one of them. What do you call those word people? Yeah, the fancy Poets? speakers, them. <laughs> I'm not good like so, that. So, yeah. Me don't talk yeah, pretty. I'm not buying that. I'm not buying that at all. <laughs> and very, a lot of midrash uh, appropriation of um, uh, Old Testament mm-hmm. uh, uh, mm-hmm. in a way that kind of, uh, explains what's going on now or appropriates mm-hmm. it for today. It's a lot going now, on here. Now, let me give you my understanding of this, and you can correct me. Okay. All right. So All right. it's my understanding that Second Corinthians represents at least the fourth letter that Paul writes to Corinth. Yeah? 
Uh, yeah, it could be the fourth. Yeah, at least because there's an ongoing correspondence. Right in in First Corinthians, he talks about the earlier letter he wrote in First Corinthians okay, five yeah. nine, mm-hmm. and then in Second Corinthians, he talks about the sorrowful letter yeah. that apparently right. isn't First Corinthians. Yeah. That seems to come in between. And then some people say Second Corinthians is a compilation of several letters. Okay. So okay, I don't know what. To so do this with is that. the letter I'm writing after you people finally got it together. Now that I don't know, because no? I wasn't, I wasn't tracking with <laughs> okay. like, oh, I'm in Second Corinthians this week. Okay, I haven't, didn't go back and, because you know what, I, I never get to Second Corinthians. It's in, not like a, I don't regularly. Yeah, you know, yeah. No one ever, you know, you never get to. I get there sometimes if we have time to. Because uh, it's in Second Corinthians, he said, you know, I'm real sorry I had to write that real harsh letter, but I'm not really sorry because it actually got your attention and you did what you yeah, were supposed to do, right. and so this mm-hmm, is the, mm-hmm. this is the makeup letter. Yeah. In a lot of ways. Yeah. And yet it doesn't seem like everything's smoothed out because there's still a fair amount of him having to apologize or do some apologetic for his ministry. For his ministry, yeah. yeah. Which is what this is to a, to a degree. There's yeah. Some, and then the big the big that. apology comes at the end of Second Corinthians, right? Where this is what a, this is how I'm an apostle. The full speech. The full, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You want to know what are the credentials of an apostle are. And Let me show you. And these absurd credentials of... And that's... That's the part that people think might have been the third letter, right? That the Second Corinthians is a compilation. Is that part of it? Super, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah well, that's one theory. Is that well? Here's the, here is that letter. Okay. You know? so okay. It's hard. To, how do you? There's no you know there's no hard evidence for this. No literal manuscripts that right. don't have these. So right. Uh, it's all it's, it's all, all speculation. Speculation. Yeah. Right. Which people love. Well, that's how Scholars people are, have careers. Yeah, so. <laughs> right. <laughs> so. Yes, I guess so. Yeah. So. And so this is a this is it's both him making a case for his gospel, but also a lot of, of revelation as to how he understands the gospel. Mm-hmm. And um, I was I I was just reading this yesterday and thinking, man, there's just so much here. I thought I'm just going to spend some time. I'll just spend my you know Bible reading time devotion. I'll just spend it on Second Corinthians because it's just. I got to slow down and, and right. chew this. There's, and still, there's just so much here. There's so much presupposed. Plus, he's dipping into these these uh, uh, biblical imagery, these mm-hmm. these archetypes uh, from the Old Testament, the Moses story and the veil, and and how he's how he's reading that in a way that explains uh, the difference between the revelation, you know, the theophany at Sinai versus. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe that's a connection there because yeah, there you go. The Psalm 50 is the Invoking that uh, the Sinai, even though they say Zion, you yeah. know, <laughs> these traditions are so fluid. You're like, you know, what are, Sinai, you know, Zion. <laughs> like, aren't those different mountains? <laughs> yeah, but same thing, you know. Wow. So uh, even if our gospel is veiled, and so the veil he's evoking or alluding to is the veil that Moses wore oh, over okay. his. And how he's reading that, it seems to be, in a way, he's both saying we're opening our hearts and we're very we're upfront and we're transparent. And we're speaking to you in a good conscience, unlike some other, mm-hmm. some other ministers who will sort of remain unnamed. And, you know, he also verse four to me has the sound of a, a person who's sort of encouraging that, you know, the God of this world has, has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing, but we, we actually can see. I mean, so now he's, he's kind of almost encouraging them against a world that is going to run them down. In the way in which they, okay, they proclaim. So, wait, I think I understand what you're saying. I'm not sure. 
the God of this world is blinded. He's encouraging them then as, as a church. They're they're not. They're in, not among that. Right, yeah, right. 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 And that's how he would in this in this scenario. He's both evoking that Old Testament story in a way in a very novel reading, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> but he's also using some kind of apocalyptic categories where it mm. almost sounds like he's dualistic, but he's not really. Okay. He's kind of inherited a language and a time when people talk about, uh, you know, the God of this world versus, you know, or the true God. And it's, yeah. and it's like, it was close. That was a good match. Well, he doesn't think that. He doesn't think there's really another uh, competitor to, to right. Yahweh. Uh to the, the God of creation, but it's it's a convenient way to to talk about it. Right, it is, it's in the atmosphere, so to speak, of you know uh, of the culture, and uh, and he would go back and forth between um, God has blinded people to understanding mm-hmm. things, and, or the God of this world, meaning the devil. Uh, or Satan, or Slewfoot, or whatever you want to say. <laughs> scratch. I think he actually a little scratch. I think he actually uses those phrases. But Down at the crossroads. God of the dragon. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, break out the blues guitar in a minute. So. Uh, but he also he would he wouldn't hesitate from saying people are complicit in this too. Yeah, you know, and so he's all he's all over the place. Yeah, th- this he to see me these as contradictory. This to me has that tone of of. It, it it doesn't feel and and of course this is just feeling right. It doesn't feel like he is correcting them the way he was in First Corinthians. Yeah, this feels more like an encouragement of okay. the gospel to now. I don't want to say now that you've got it right, but well, you know, in, uh, in that level, right now that you sort of are thinking better, mm-hmm. <laughs> now that you got your head right, got your head right. Um, now as you go, our gospel will be veiled, and you know it's not. But there they can't see, and this is who you are, and proclaim Christ and. Uh, we're slaves, and but but you're right. I mean, there is a little bit of that defending, still a uh, bit of that. the defending his here. apostleship mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, I mean, he's really fighting for his authority among these people. Mm-hmm. And yet, you get so much um, theology. Right. I mean, his right. like, wow, that's an interesting way to think about it. You know. So, and even if our gospel is veiled, which I could turn back and say what he's talking about, but that is, this is a dense argument, so I'm not going to go there. Okay. I would never get through this. It is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. So who is the image of God? Well, that's pretty dense stuff too, yeah. particularly since you're you're piling on genitives, which is what we call the 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 light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. Well, those are all just uh, case endings mm-hmm. with no articles and no prepositions. So the People arrange those like you think about like a refrigerator words uh, on a, <laughs> magnets. You know, it's like people arrange these all different kinds really? of ways. You know, it's way so is the is the glory. You know, they always they change the order and different meanings. Um, so there's a, he really you know piles this stuff on. So you could go with the light of Christ's glory and gospel. You could do it all kinds of ways. Wow, <laughs> yeah, you can Neat. do it all kinds of ways. Uh, you could there's stronger cases you can make one direction or another. But behind this is a midrash on Moses coming down the mountain. He's been in God's presence, and he is radiant, and mm-hmm. he is shiny, mm-hmm. and he puts a veil on. Right? right. He's new improved Moses, okay? Yeah. Puts a veil on, and uh, and he's kind of riffing on that. He okay. says, our gospel. And, and, and behind that is some thinking is, I would need to read more of St. Corinthians because I never encountered this before, but I read someone who said, um, Whereas if he's going back and forth and he's thinking in dualistic categories, he's saying Moses is actually hiding that the old covenant was 
fading oh, away. I got gotcha. you. Okay. And that's why people can't see that. But we're showing you that this there is this new covenant. We're not okay. gonna, gonna hide the fact that that old covenant has run away. Mm-hmm. So the fact that when people read the scriptures uh, weekly and they don't see that, it means because a midrash is often or sometimes used to explain why is the state of affairs the way it is. Right. And so why can't people see that Christ is the revelation of God's glory? Mm-hmm. Um, and why can't unbelieving Jews see that? Mm-hmm. And so he's using the image, the veil of Moses, saying Moses was hiding the fact that that old covenant is fading away. But we're not going to do that. And but but also in the other camp would be those people who are de- deceptive, uh, uh, bad ministers. Yeah. So you can make parallels that I don't think Paul wants to make between yeah. like Moses was bad, Moses was hiding something. So no, it's okay. not a it's an interesting analogy. It's not a uh, it's not a systematic analogy. Okay. So you can't okay. like say wait a minute, what camp is Moses in? But so, he is. But rhetorically, he's saying here's something that's superior to Moses. Mm-hmm. Here's a superior revelation. Uh, so you can you end up with them. Oh, Moses is in this this column with <laughs> some ministers who aren't so well, transparent. And then and then ministry. to to make that leap, I mean, I don't know. We can think about how radical that leap is. I mean, Moses was the archetype for prophet. I mean, I yes. just said that right. a prophet is someone who brings God to the people, and it was it's believed in Jewish tradition that no one mm-hmm. brought God better than mm-hmm. Moses. I mean, right. and God says this right in Numbers twelve. You know, other prophets I let have visions. Other prophets dream dreams. With Moses, I speak face to face, clearly and not in right. riddles. Mm-hmm. You know, Moses speaks exactly what I say to you, right. absolutely clear. You don't misunderstand. And Paul comes along and says, see, it was veiled. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Moses. He was always holding back. What is it with like, It's always about wow. veiled. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're wondering yeah. why he was provocative uh, among yeah. the Jews, I mean. And it's all, it's all contextual because, like, well, here's a surpassing revelation. You know, I noticed um, that you can, if you have a candle and you have something brighter than a candle, you shine on a candle, that the flame itself casts a shadow. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's that's like, how can a flame, <laughs> how can a source of light cast a shadow? It's like. If you're in a dark room, that shadow is amazing. You know, mm-hmm. I, I mean, that light, that source mm-hmm. of light, that's it's like it, it's obviously it's it's it makes all the difference. But there is something more exceeding comes along. <laughs> it kind of relativizes it. So in this case, it's the it's the the revelation, seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. OK, wow. So there's a lot to chew on there. For we do not proclaim ourselves, we proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord, and uh, that's like that's very confessional, right? Language. And it's also it's also though the subtle dig at, at the <laughs> yeah, we yeah yeah, yeah. and and Unlike others yeah exactly it's that subtle who, dig with ex- proclaim themselves exactly what so, they were dealing uh-huh. with in First Corinthians yeah. right proclaiming Apollos proclaiming yeah. Cephas proclaiming mm-hmm. Paul no, we don't proclaim ourselves oh. we proclaim Jesus Christ yeah. as Lord and ourselves as your slaves for Jesus' sake. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like wow, that's a lot. That's interesting. If he, if he, it's nice that he reveals how he thinks about himself. I don't know. If this is all rhetorically. It's like here's a person who has clarity about his call. Yeah, and what that's he's right. All about you know, it's, there's no doubt. This is a this is a uh, vigorous personality who knows exactly what he's doing, and uh, has understood what Jesus was saying. With if you're going to be a leader, wash. Wash the feet of the servant. Uh-huh. I mean, he, yeah. he gets that, and he says, uh, amidst all this boasting, he says, "And and ourselves as your slaves for Jesus' sake." Right. He would understand his his ministry of the gospel is is his service to others. Yeah. And, which is which is his servant slave uh, role to Christ, and sometimes the prophets were called slaves, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Slaves of God. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, or Obadiah's Jesus. name is uh-huh. is servant of the Lord. Okay. Yeah, right. slave of the Lord. Yeah, same word. For it is the God, I'm going to get a little more scripture here, who said, light, let light shine out of darkness. Hey, that's somewhere. <laughs> in, early, the Bible, in the Bible, doesn't early say that? in the Bible, as I recall, <laughs> page one, perhaps. <laughs> who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge. Oh, here's another piling up of the genitives. Yeah. Uh, how to are we going to rearrange these things? The light of the knowledge of the glory of God. Yeah, the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. You know, I got to admit, when I saw this, I didn't think that these four verses would be as dense as it just ended it's up really being. Dense. This is this is a little deeper than I thought it would yeah. be. We've uh, waded in yeah. to the deep it's, end it's, here. It's deep when you read it in one option of the English translation, which I think is good. I think these are good. This is a good way to read it. But when you realize, oh, there's all kinds of other ways to read this when you when you rearrange those genitives of the, how it would have been understood when yeah, they first heard yeah. it. Yeah. Who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Mm. And it goes on with this imagery of mirrors. And we're looking in a mirror and we're beholding, unlike uh, Moses whose face is veiled, we're looking at in a, as though in a mirror, but we're seeing the face of Christ. And in beholding that, we are transformed to become like that face, which is like looking in a mirror. And it's, it's really something. But wow. he stays with the face and the glory and the transformative uh, um, character of this revelation mm. you know, that we get through Christ. Mm. So, wow, it's really, it's really something hard to drop into. For yeah, a couple of four verses. verses. Just yeah. yeah, just go ahead and drop and yet in it there. It fits beautifully with you know these texts. The, this the week, transfiguration, transfiguration, and, and theophany. Yeah, because I mean we have Jesus appearing here. So. Yeah. Keep moving. How about Mark? And we're and we're walking. And yeah. we're walking. Mark nine. We have leapt away from the Sermon on the Mount with I'm glad to set aside for a week because yeah. the conviction is just Yikes. getting piling upon conviction that was there. Rough sledding. So Mark nine is where we are now. Mm-hmm. Chapter two verses. Excuse me. Chapter nine verses two through nine. What an action this week. Yeah, <laughs> things are happening. Six days later, once again we've okay. leapt into a story. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain apart by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. His clothes became dazzling white, such as no one on earth could bleach them. Uh, And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Glad Moses finally made it to the promised land. Um, Then Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Because you would want to split. Um, He did not know what to say, for they were terrified. Um, I love how he didn't know what to say, but he managed to to muster a sentence or two, didn't he? Uh, Then a cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud there came a voice, This is my son, the beloved, listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, they saw no one with them anymore, but only Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, he ordered them to tell no one about what they had seen until after the Son of Man had risen from the dead. Okay, so self-explanatory after reading <laughs> the first three scriptures, pretty, essentially. Pretty obvious. I yes. don't know how much we need to unpack there. Yeah. Okay. You say you have questions? About uh, what does transfigured mean? <laughs> That's all I want to know. 
Just answer that, and we can close the podcast. I just need well, to know. Let me, let me ease into that. Oh, dang. Let me ease into that. Uh, First of all, it's the it's a feast of booths, the the mm-hmm. feast of tabernacles. Everybody, that's which is it's a remembrance. Give us a little bit of background. It's a remembrance of the wandering in the wilderness every year, where you would uh, not stay in your house, but you would go out and you would make a make a tent and you would stay there and and. Uh, um, sleep for a week um, doing that. And uh, so that's what Peter's referring to. It's like, well, if, you know, if we're going to be out here celebrating this holiday and Moses and Elijah are going to need, yeah. going to need a tent. So you want me to make well, a tent for and, them? And by, uh, and by extension or connected with that would be that these people are dwelling in the wilderness and God is with them in the midst of this. Right. So exactly. Some theophany yes. stuff there. That's true. That's true. That's a, that's a more of a natural. As he traveled with them in the wilderness when, yeah. when they so, were. Yeah. Peter, not knowing what to say, did say something rem- connected. He did. But he did. <laughs> not, maybe still not with full knowledge of what is going on. Yeah. When we teach this, you know, we go through this probably in, in all surveys of the New Testament. And then yeah. I go through Gospels and I say, so so what happened on the Mount of Transfiguration? I usually say, and there's a hint in the name of <laughs> there's the, a, there's the a, mountain. <laughs> there's a hint on what happens if you're reading closely. And it is now called the Mount of Transfiguration. Uh, what does transfiguration mean? Well, in John, there's no transfiguration. Well, in John, there's not much anything. Yeah, but why? Because because if you think about it, this is exact. This is in his wheelhouse. Jesus transfiguration is the reality of Jesus' identity and character shines for his glory shines through. Okay. Okay. And so John, that's not there. It's one of those many things. Like, wait a minute, these are one of those main. Like baptism. Points, like baptism and stuff with bread and wine and stuff, you know. Why isn't that there? It's like, well, in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, there's one point where Jesus, before his, well, really one point in the story. Maybe mm-hmm. he's transfigured, transfigured in the ascension, but uh, I can't remember if that's the case or not. But there's a point in his ministry where the, the reality shines through. His glory shines through, okay? okay. Whereas in John... That's from the beginning. That's every page. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's from like when, and he, the incarnation is a manifestation of his glory. And, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us when we beheld his glory. The glory is the only begotten of the father. So, so he's, it's only transfiguration everything. all the time. Yeah. In John. It's glory all it's the time. Okay. All and and they, all so the, the first uh, miracle he does, he says he did this to show his glory. So you're, you're to understand that he's always in, in everywhere revealing his glory. So, he doesn't need a Mount of Transfiguration, whereas in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, uh, it's more hidden. It's mm-hmm. there. It's a, there's a misunderstanding of who Jesus is. So there's this point, especially in Mark, right? Nobody gets it in Mark. Right. The in only Mark, one, except the Roman centurion, yes, is the yes. only one. Who no gets one gets it. close. If you read this in Matthew, uh, Peter gets it more. Right. Peter's not depicted quite as a, much of a knucklehead <laughs> as he is here. Yeah, right? that's true. <laughs> so less. Less of that. Okay. okay. Less of the stooges. So we wouldn't so. say Jesus led the three stooges up to the mountain <laughs> yeah, yeah. on a high mountain. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're twisting each other's Certainly. noses with pliers <laughs> and what coconut sounds on their nuggets. Yeah. But but that's kind we of... We seem to have <laughs> moved from the glory you know, of Christ. That's kind here. of the depiction of disciples in Mark, though. That's that true. wouldn't be that far. I mean, you could be, you know, have a Stooges film going and, and narrating over some of the things they do. He doesn't pull any punches, and they just never seem to get it. And they don't until the end. Well, and even in the end, they don't get it. Right, right. right. They don't ever get <laughs> because, it. Because even the women disciples leave the tomb. And they go away sad. Afraid. Yeah, they go away and afraid. Didn't tell, tell anybody. Yeah. Right. Yeah, there's only the angel or the mysterious young man in the tomb announces the good news. 
So anyhow, uh, here's this point, and it is adjacent to he's already revealed that he will suffer and die. Right. So only at this point, just prior to this. Just uh, this is that's right. The the immediately before this is the who do they say that the, I am? Right. And the second one is like uh, don't. Don't uh, tell anyone this until after the Son of Man is risen from the dead. What? What? Yeah, keep you it know? a secret. Yeah. So this is uh, this is reminiscent of his ascension. This is this is mm-hmm. uh, a foreshadowing of what will happen after his death mm-hmm. and suffering. Uh, so it's a glimpse of him accomplishing all that that is accomplished in his death uh, and resurrection and ascension. So and so there's. Uh, before this, I think there's a, a reference to some of you are standing here who won't die until they see the coming of the kingdom of God, mm-hmm. which is another way to say, oh, this is kind of a a foreshadowing of what that what that looks like in its okay. fullness, not not in its hidden, mysterious, unexpected manifestation in Jesus and his ministry. You know, there were some things about the kingdom of God that that were how people expected. Mm-hmm. He's healing the blind; are seeing. He's raising people from the dead. On the other hand, there's this unexpected manifestation. The kingdom of God is like a tiny little seed. You know, no. it's like that's not what I was expecting. And these more subtle uh, and mysterious, it's, unexpected. This is the the Revelation five moment. You know, or you know that moment yeah. of you know the fullness here and mm-hmm. and what it looks like. And, yeah, yeah. And this is the this is the kingdom has the, come. The veil a is glimpse being pulled of a, back, and you see the reality mm-hmm. uh, as the. Uh, as the glory shines through, and what sounds like a, a, a laundry detergent commercial, <laughs> it does dazzling it white, dazzling white, such no that no one can bleach them. them. <laughs> wow. Yes, I saw that. Ring. A little glimmer trademark. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and Elijah and Moses, you want to speak to them? Good spokespeople. I guess. <laughs> when I need my robes glimmer, glad, dazzlingly <laughs> yeah. white. Well, like you're saying, Elijah didn't die, and he Moses. Didn't. Well, so sure you know god said he buried him but you know there's this tradition that maybe there was a tradition yes. that he didn't that's true yeah, there is the it. assumption of moses is right. something people did uh-huh. uh, like yeah, not so sure now the rabbis believe that moses died because god kissed him that's how he died oh really yeah that that he was you know he's three generations old his eyes had not dimmed his vigor had not abated as mm-hmm. uh, the old testament says Yikes. uh so he didn't need to watch commercials during the sporting events <laughs> Uh, and he, um, he dies and, and God buries him, but, uh, there is a tradition that says, he didn't need to call his doctor. If he's, he if did he's not need to call enough. a doctor and he was, he was, his vigor had not his abated, vigor. which is the okay. translation we read in church okay. for, he didn't need to call his doctor to see that he okay. was healthy enough. Um, and, and so th- there is this clear, you know, his mission was done. It wasn't that he was infirmed. It was that. He okay. was, he was, he'd taken people as far as he could take them. So it was time to move on. And who's this Moses guy think he is Tom Brady. Yeah. Okay. And the Bible is clear that he died, but there is tradition that actually God just took him is what happened, yeah. that he kissed and brought him on home. And, sure. and so he, Moses, he said, are they gone? Are they <laughs> okay. gone? Okay. Okay. Come on, come on this way. Yeah. You don't have to, you have to go. Yeah. So yeah, there was uh, the assumption of Moses is something that was, that was talked about. Um, so you're right. So this, so the I, assumption I never of Moses is that. the assumption that he died. No, no, no. The <laughs> assumption, as in he was assumed, assumed. into heaven, ascended. As he ascended, yes. yes. And yeah. uh, that was a pretty common thing to happen to holy people. They they ascended. Yeah. And um, so uh, Elijah is is expected to show up and usher in the yeah. arrival of the Messiah. And so right. Malachi three and four right. talk about that. Right. Is, anything about Moses? 
in, in the canonical tradition or does he serve that role in the extra? See, that's the, that's the, the thing. I mean, on one hand, Moses makes sense to me because he's the, the archetype for prophet. Right. And then Jesus is the incarnate word. So, I mean, that, that makes some sense. Elijah for me, I mean, I wouldn't ever think, you know, he's the representative for prophet. I mean, maybe, maybe you go with Elijah as a prophet and Moses as a lawgiver, but, Mm -hmm. but they thought of Moses as prophetic because he brought the word. So most Christian commentaries on it, uh, you don't get too far above devotional. It's like, well, that's the representing the law and the prophet. They make that distinction quite like we do. Elijah wasn't a written, he wasn't a written prophet. He was, you know, and, and Moses was the prophet. So I mean, these are two prophets. When, when the could people they be read the story. also two witnesses yeah to Jesus and then and then uh Deuteronomy 18 says in the last days someone a prophet like Moses yeah. will arrive and and, yeah. and God says listen to him and that's yeah. what God says here right that's right, right. listen to him that's okay. that could be a that that's a powerful reference there yeah, yeah. right that here here you have two prophets that are passing the baton mm-hmm. in a way so, yeah. yeah interesting thing about the handing off from Elijah to Elijah. Oh, there, there you go. There's yeah. a nice, there uh, there's a connection. We should have a bell a when, we make, when like, we make the connections like, between ding. texts. <laughs> well done. Very good, sir. We have several mm. points by now. Yeah. So, <laughs> okay. One for Moses, one for Elijah. Yeah. Yeah. And and there's still uh, traditions that do that. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I, I was... Uh, I was visiting a friend. I said, what is that on the porch above? It was a three flat in Chicago. And it's like, well, that's the rabbi who lives upstairs. It's uh, so close. Oh yeah. That's his, that's his, tap, yeah, that's his dwelling for tabernacles. Yeah. He like, ca- wow. Yeah. He, that's right. Yeah. A lot of the, a lot of the um, apartments in Jerusalem, you'll see wire frames mm-hmm. out on the patio that they right. then close in for, for tabernacles mm-hmm. when they want to observe yeah. that mm-hmm. holiday. And so a lot of traditional Sinai theophany mm-hmm. imagery here, the cloud overshadowed them and the cloud, there came a voice. This is my son, the beloved. Mm-hmm. Right? It sounds very much like the baptism. Mm-hmm. All right. Listen to him. A combina- still probably a combination of Psalm 2 and uh, suffering servant mm-hmm. language, but pro- probably an echo of Deuteronomy 18. Yeah. When the prophet arises like Moses, you need to listen to him. Uh and also in the, this context, does not mention anything about Elijah and Moses. This is my son. Listen to him. Okay? Right, that's a good point. And that point would be, and they, and, and then they looked around. And they saw no one but only Jesus. Okay, so pretty emphatic. It's kind of like a lot of space is given to um, John at the beginning of all the Christian Gospels, and it's mm-hmm. like it, it is, uh, it's someone preparing the way and pointing to Jesus, but also the sur- surpassing. Uh, quality of Jesus in relation to mm-hmm. that person. It clarifies the relationship, as is God here, uh, the relationship between Elijah now, and Moses. I hadn't considered that, that, that you have Elijah Elijah and Moses and Jesus, and God says, this is Jesus, listen to him. Uh-huh. Uh, and then Moses and Elijah are gone. Yeah. I uh-huh. mean, that I, I want, that's interesting. I mm-hmm. wonder if, uh, if they would have heard that. Which is an interesting contrast if you read Second Corinthians four, which we just did. Yeah, you know this this comparisons uh, to sometimes to you know the surpassing revelation yeah. of Jesus, of even Jesus. as incredible mm-hmm. as the revelation to Moses was. Um, here's something. Yeah, and I think that's something you don't want to undersell. I mean, the revelation yeah. of Moses yeah. was the was the pinnacle, <laughs> and yeah. and then there's like, oh, this is better. Yeah, um, uh-huh. that's yeah. If you if you haven't gone through that. You know that's in. It's funny in in scholar, in scholarship, paradigms come and go, and 
if you haven't lived through a paradigm, you don't really realize what the new paradigm had the 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 consequence mm-hmm. and the revolution in right. nature. If you've just grown up with the new paradigm, right. you really don't get right. what that means. The immensity of like that yeah. is that's world changing, right. you know, and uh, uh, that's often how we encounter the revelation of the the Christian Testament. We just we haven't seriously taken you know, taken the Old Testament seriously. We haven't mm-hmm. lived that reality. Have it even though it's the church's Bible, right? You know? we, right. We've relativized it in a way that simply is not meant to be relativized. Uh, very Marcion. I mean, very, yeah. very early church heresy yeah. with, you know, mean God in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, no, not really. And it's actually, it's it's amazing. And then what Jesus does is more amazing in that, in that same tradition. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much. Um Hope you've enjoyed listening. Make sure and like us on Facebook and send us an email at, what's the email address again? At readinginchurch at gmail.com. And make sure and if you're listening on iTunes, take a moment and leave a review. We'd love to to see that. If you hate it, we need to know. (laughs) Actually, you don't, if you hate it, you don't have to leave a review. Send out an email. (laughs) Don't tell other people you hate it. Tell other people that you like it. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's... So have you been telling people you hate the podcast? No. Oh, good. No, good. no, I'm no. Just checking. No, I just want people to be honest. Okay. We'll end this charade right now. With that. No, we won't. Not a chance. We have too much fun. This is a good point. All right. Well, you have a great week, and thanks for listening. Happy Transfiguration Sunday. <laughs> and also with you. And also with you. Blessings. Amen. <laughs>